the successful Hollywood actor Mark Wahlberg is now best known as the star of films such as The Departed, The Fighter and The Gambler. However, his childhood was far from what you would call successful. As a teenager, Wahlberg was addicted to the drug cocaine. He was arrested several times, and age 16, he was charged with attempted murder. In a recent interview, Wahlberg credits his old parish priest, Father James Flavin, with helping him to turn his life around. He tells how Father Flavin was the one person who never gave up on me. He was always there for me through the good times and the bad, and back then there were more bad times than good. But he always had faith that I could change my ways. He was also the first person to recognize the actor in me. Today, Wahlberg, who is married with four children, says that his relationship with God is the most important part of his life. And he says that his faith in God is what makes him a better man. Wahlberg's story suggests that there can be a relationship between other people's faith in us and our faith in God. Father Flavin's faith in Mark Wahlberg, despite plenty of evidence for doubting him, and Father Flavin's capacity to be there for him, eventually enabled Wahlberg to respond to that faith and to put his abilities to good use, developing a career as an actor. And it seems that Wahlberg came to realize that Father Flavin's presence and faith offered him a sign of God's love, which Wahlberg eventually responded to by putting his trust in God in a way that transformed his life. Our story from Mark's Gospel offers another window into the nature of faith. In part, it is the story of failure by Jesus' disciples. A desperate father has brought his son to Jesus, who turns out to be up, up the mountain. So the father asked Jesus' disciples to deliver his son from his intense pain and suffering. But the disciples are unable to do so. They can do nothing to help. This is a reminder that sometimes in the church we can be overwhelmed by the needs people present to us. I think of a Sunday last month when I was drawn into a conversation with a lady who was profoundly wounded, bitter towards God and the church, and who said she wanted to renounce her baptism. She wanted to offload her unhappiness, but she didn't appear to want to receive any different view on the world. There seemed to be nothing that I could offer her other than to listen. I then went to take a lunch break in the park and was accosted by a homeless man who poured out his story. He said that he wanted me, as he put it, to use my influence to get the legal system to see him as an innocent person. Although he also said that he'd spent several short stretches in different prisons. After an extended period listening to him, it was clear that there was nothing that he said that he wanted that I could offer him other than to listen. Reflecting on this story from Mark's Gospel reminded me that it was probably appropriate for me to realize 
that I had nothing I could offer these two desperate people. In our own human strength, we are powerless to address the deep needs of the world. What we are called to develop is a prayerful dependence on God. For only God has the power to cast out evil and to bring healing and deliverance. As Jesus teaches the disciples, such power belongs to God and can, be only, and can only be received through a life of prayer and trust in God. So when our failures may seem to us like a bad thing, they can also become teaching moments when we, we can become more deeply aware how utterly we need to depend on God. William Temple, a former Archbishop of Canterbury, wrote of the development of such a faith in God in this way. Trust grows of itself within our hearts as we come to appreciate the character and wisdom of someone whose record we know. And it grows more surely when we come to know personally in actual companionship someone who the more we know them inspires in us more trust and confidence in their character and wisdom. Temple reminds us that such faith, such faith, the capacity to fully trust God, grows out of a relationship in which we gradually learn what God's character and wisdom is like. Finally, our reading from Gerard Hughes affirms that the development of this capacity to trust God and others is at the heart of our humanity. Hughes writes, the ability to grow humanly is proportionate to the ability to trust. We are mistaken if we think we can ever outgrow this. But for most of us, the capacity to trust and have faith, especially in God, is a journey which we're all on. We haven't arrived. The father of the sick boy speaks for all of us, perhaps, when he cries out, I believe, help my unbelief. Perhaps, like that father, your faith has taken a knock because the church has let you down. Perhaps, like him, the circumstances of your life are overwhelming and you are struggling to cope. There may be good reasons for you to be struggling with faith and trust. And the challenge then becomes to see beyond yourself and beyond the church, to see Jesus himself. To move from a narrow view of your own life, with yourself at the center, into a new, wide and spacious vision of your life with Christ at the center. A life where you grow in trust in the all-sufficient love and power of God. This is a lifelong journey, a lifetime's journey, a journey of prayer in which each one of us may find ourselves crying out on more than one occasion, I believe, help my unbelief. While not the boldest prayer, it's an honest prayer. And as Jesus shows us here, one to which God can and will respond.